Episode 19. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. Just hit the big red button and go live. On air lever, like on air lever, like. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. Just hit the big red button and go live. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. Just hit the big red button and go live. Awesome audio techno song, Daddy. But isn't it time we got Mike Russell on the show? I think you're right. Should we get him on? He's going to talk about how to sound awesome on live video. What do you think? Cool. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. It's great to be here. This is episode 19. And today I've got Mike Russell on to talk about how to make your live videos sound awesome. If you want to find out the show notes, look at the show notes for this episode. All you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash 19. That's iag.me forward slash 19. Now, this podcast, as ever, is sponsored by Ecom Live and Content 10X. And just a little bit about Content 10X. My friends at Content 10X do an awesome job. They are the content repurposing experts. They are a full end-to-end repurposing service. So if you go live to Facebook or whatever platform you want, they will then take that video and explode it across the internet in a plethora of different pieces of content. Whether that's a podcast, a blog post, social media images, they will do all of that. They are great. And the amazing thing about that is that it saves you time so you can focus on building your business. They also have an awesome blog. If you just go to content10x.com, And their podcast has just reached over 100 episodes. So do check out that. Just search for the Content 10X podcast. And Amy is doing an amazing job there. You're You're listening listening to the the Confident Confident Live Marketing Marketing Podcast Podcast with with Ian Anderson Gray. So on today's podcast, uh, today's show, we've got my good friend, Mike Russell. Mike is a voiceover, audio producer, and podcast host. He has been using Audition since the Cool Edit Pro days and loves using it to create radio jingles, DJ drops, voiceover demos, podcasts, and more. He's the creative director at Music Radio Creative, a company that produces audio for radio, DJs, podcasters, live streaming, and businesses. Mike is passionate about helping you sound great. It's great to have you on the show, Mike. How are you doing? Wow, what an intro, Ian. I mean, that was amazing. Not just the intro you just gave for me there, but the whole thing when you were doing the sponsor message with the green screen and you down in the corner and all of those images. And then the the amazing intro and compilation of images. I see uh, Paul Orr, who's watching in Tennessee, watching the live stream right now, has said, what a great intro. So oh, well, that's good. Thank you for creating an amazing show and it's great to be on it. Well, thank you. Thanks, thanks, uh, Mike. And uh, if you are watching this, if you're leaving comments, just hop over to the face my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash I-A-G-D-O-T-M-E, just so that I can see the comments. Because Facebook Live has this kind of annoying thing when you share it around. It doesn't put all the comments in one place, does it? No, that's it. And I, I've just shared this out and I'm hosting a watch party on Facebook. Ah, okay. Well, you can let me know. If people ask <laughs> questions in your watch party, then you can ask yourself a question. I can. Yeah. How cool is that? (laughs) That is pretty cool. So for those who don't know, I've I've given a bit of an introduction, but where are you based in the world? I mean, I think people will realise you probably have a British accent, but where are you based? I am based in officially the sunniest part of the UK, if you don't count the Channel Islands, the Isle of Wight, uh, which for those of you who've never visited this region, it's beautiful, it's lovely, come visit, ride, Sandown, Shanklin, Ventnor, it's all brilliant. Uh, We're kind of southwest of London, go down to Portsmouth and Southampton, hop on a ferry for about 44 minutes, and you are here on the beautiful, glorious, sunny Isle of Wight with nature trails, beaches, uh, little private coves that you can sail to if you sale. It's just fantastic. And today, on a day like today with blue skies, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world right now. So, Well, I've been to the Isle of Wight three times and I would agree with you. You don't work for the tourist board at uh, the Isle of Wight, do you? 
No, but I probably should do. I should, I should probably get some kind of gig uh, like uh, Derek Sandy, right, on Britain's Got Talent this year, singing Welcome to the Isle of Wight. Got to do it. It's you great. Did, yeah, I think you should. And <laughs> I, I, I visited you and the family. Was it, now let me think, it was not this summer, but the summer before, I think, uh, yeah. which was great. Just uh, And it, I, I have heard that the ferry to the Isle of Wight is the most expensive ferry in the world per mile or something. Is that right? That's it. The most expensive yeah. strip of water to cross. That's right. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's worth it to go there. It's a beautiful island yes. and it's great to have you on the show. So we've, we've got some comments. We've uh, got loads of comments from, uh, no, I'm going to pr- mispronounce your name. Sorry. Uh, you you may know it's, is it Markin or Marcin? Uh, Piet- oh, Ma- Martin, I think. Martin. Martin. So from Martin. Poland. Greetings from Poland. Yes. I'm a big Poland fan. I think you are too, for some reason. Why Very are you a Poland fan? Um, might be a little bit to do with the fact that the heritage of my wife is from that beautiful country. <laughs> might be. It might be indeed, yes. Your beautiful wife, Isabella, is, is from Poland, and she is also your partner in crime in Music Radio Creative, am I right? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, Isabella uh, takes care of everything in Music Radio Creative. <laughs> She's the brains behind Music Radio Creative, and uh, yeah, we, we work together in very nice, complimentary ways, yeah. so... Uh, Oh, it's always really exciting. That's great. You're the creative genius, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, Martin also says, are you switching all of these with the Stream Deck? And yes, I am. Uh, so a little bit more about the Stream Deck maybe in a, in a bit, because I know uh, you use the Stream Deck, which is a piece of kit that we can use for live streaming. And he also says, sunny and the UK, that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. It, it 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 is sunny here occasionally. So keep those questions coming. If if they could be maybe about live streaming and audio in particular, I've got Mike on the show particularly to talk about audio because Mike is an audio genius. He knows everything there is to know, really, as far as I'm concerned oh, about audio. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you've told me everything that I need to know about it. And and I think one of the things about being an expert. There's always more to learn, isn't there? I mean, I think if you feel that you know everything there is to know about something, it's probably time to give up. What do you reckon? Exactly. Yeah, you're always learning. You're right, Ian. And, you know, the best thing is, you know, when you kind of think, right, okay, I've kind of done a bit here with audio, you can stretch it out into something else. You can say, well, how about audio for video? How about actually video production? Or uh, with Adobe products that I'm using every day, how about delving into After Effects and making some funky animated thing. And um, this is not a promo, but just recently I've upgraded my LinkedIn account. Now I get all these learning tutorials and it's just like overwhelming me. And just when you think you, you kind of got every effect down in something like Adobe Audition, like, yeah, I know all like 50 or 51 effects in the effects menu of Audition. You can say, well, do you know what? Why don't I just explore Logic Pro and just have a look at how that works? And, you know, people keep telling me about Reaper. I'll just take a little peek at it. Doesn't mean I'm going to start doing tutorials on Reaper, but I just want to know how everything works, you know? Oh, that, yeah, you, you're, you're kind of a, like, like go down another rabbit hole. But yeah. uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, the first question I wanted to ask you is, how did you get started in all of this, in, in particularly live streaming? And yeah. I know before we started the show, you were thinking about when that was. Um, yes. when, when was that? And what did you get started with? Oh, it's so funny because we were talking about this a little bit before we actually went live and started recording this show. And uh, I said, well, I was, uh, I remember it well, <laughs> it was 2015 when Periscope was started by Twitter. And then he said, hang on, mate, weren't you on like uh, Google Hangouts and weren't you doing all that? And I was like, oh yes, well, that was before Periscope. And I was like, oh, right, okay, was, go and check your video history on YouTube. So I went to my YouTube channel, sorted by oldest, and here we are, I'm just going to look at it, streamed live on 27th of September, 2012. So that is kind of, yeah, we're coming up to my live stream anniversary date uh, soon as we record this show, 27th of September, 2012. My goodness, how many years ago is that? That's like... Well, seven years, isn't it? Something seven around seven years. And you certainly beat me. And that's when roughly I, I started blogging in late 2011 and really started doing it properly in 2012. Yep. Live video video wasn't on the agenda for me at all. I, I'm quite a late person to, to all of this. And uh, I, I remember on Google Plus being invited onto Google Hangouts on it and being really nervous and thinking, oh my goodness, this is really scary stuff. How did you feel when you got started? Can you remember your first live video? And how did it go? 
Yeah, so I, I remember it well, uh, specifically because I've got it on the screen in front of me. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't remember it so well. Um, it was all about starting an internet radio station because back in 2012, I was working on different projects uh, to what I'm doing today at Music Radio Creative. Still uh, very much day-to-day involved in running Music Radio Creative and doing bits there, making jingles and stuff. But one of the biggest things on my mind in 2012 when I made that live stream was creating an internet radio station. And I had this whole project doesn't exist anymore because as I discovered during the project, music royalties cost a lot of money. So um, I started up this station called MRC.FM and I did a live stream with five or six other experts. It wasn't just me. So it wasn't nerve wracking just putting me on the camera. It was five or six other people. And we just had a discussion about how would you start an internet station? What would you do? Uh, You know, what kind of licenses do you pay? How much and where from and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, And it was uh, was really good, actually. uh, It's nice. It's kind of like a kind of guess what you'd call a mastermind, right? Yeah. I, I, that's really cool. Like you, just listening to you talk about that first experience of yours, it doesn't sound like that was a really scary thing for you because, because you were talking about something you were passionate about or really interested about, and you weren't the only one. It was like just a, a conversation that you were having. And this is something I always recommend for people who are starting off who may be feeling a little bit nervous and lacking in confidence – Go on with some other people and talk about something you're really interested in. Forget the cameras there and you'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, for me, it was just like five or six other people that I really respected the opinion of. I could see they were doing things in internet radio and I kind of wanted to gather them. I was like, well, why not just make a live stream out of it? Make some content. So, yeah. That's cool. So this is something I always like to ask my guests, which is maybe a bit of a horrible question, but can you remember any live video disasters that you've had? Uh, maybe one or two. And, and maybe what did, what did you learn from those things? Or maybe, wow. you, maybe you haven't had any disasters. I don't know. That's, that's a really good question. Well, related to audio, I can certainly think of them because like, it's one thing getting audio right for when you're doing a, a recorded show, like a podcast or, you know, a video for YouTube, like I do. And then you can like, you can always mix the audio in post and if something didn't come out well or there was a problem with audio, you can remix it or cut it or, you know, do a pickup line or whatever. But when you're live and audio goes wrong, it's a pain. And a number of times, even <laughs> I say even I, I should I should know better, right? But I'll go live and I'll leave a fader open on my, my mixer, mixer or I'll um, not have something connected or I've been fiddling about doing something in Adobe Audition and forgotten to push a button on the desk. So I'll go live, I'll go, I'm live! And people are like, you're echoing, you're echoing. I can hear double voice there. <laughs> it's like, oh no! Or, or even worse, I can't hear any audio happen at yeah. all. This, this is probably the worst thing in recent time. We do a live stream every Friday on my channel and uh, I go through, uh, we'll probably talk about this later, a bunch of processors like hardware not software hardware processors right here in my studio I've got about four of them for the uh, the live stream and just when we went live we were about to go live we went on and now I have them in front of me so I can see all the lights as I'm talking but back in the old day of the studio I had them like stuffed under the desk next to my feet so I was forever kicking the dials on them that was the worst thing because it's like oh you don't sound as good as you did last week and then one time the plug just the you know those um kettle plugs here in the I think they're universe we get them in the UK US you plug them in the back of a kettle or something or in the back of a PC it just fell out of one of the processes so there was no, no audio so we were streaming for like five minutes and everyone was like can't hear you no audio nothing like that so I was like live and scrambling around why is this not working looking at every de- fader on my desk no everything's open everything's on oh hang on there's there's no signal there's no what's going on no nothing's coming out my mic uh look, and then I crouched under the desk looked at all the processes yeah there's lights on my mic processor ah oh, there's no lights on that process. Right. Let me, what's wrong with that? And at first I was like, oh no, a fuse has blown in the plug. I'm going to have to go to the, you know, leave the live stream going, run into the house, grab a fuse, change the fuse. But luckily it wasn't that. It was just it fell out of the back. So check, <laughs> check your wires. Check your wires. Yeah. And I, I do want to ask you about your, your setup, but the, the thing is at the end of the day, was that the, the end of the world. You, you know, you got people continuing watching you. They were probably saying, we can't hear you. They were probably wanting to help. And yes. you didn't stop at the end of that. You kept going. What, what made you keep going after, the, after yeah. those disasters? You, you just, you have to keep going. That's the thing. I mean, you just have to get used to the fact that things will happen and it's natural. And like you say, people want to help you. It's the worst feeling in the world when you go live and something is wrong and you know you can't really correct it while you're live. So like with audio, yeah, you have to kind of get that working. 
Otherwise, people can't hear you. But it could be something as simple as, I don't know, your, your audio keeps crackling or something, or uh, yeah. you do a multi-stream and you go to Twitch and YouTube and your Twitch viewers are like, you're not live on Twitch, you're on YouTube, but you're not on Twitch. And they're like, oh no, I have to restart the stream and everything and set up a new stream and all of that. So it can be, you know, not to panic people because there are easy ways and I know you teach them like using great software like like this, Ecamm, uh, you know, keeps it nice and simple. So what I say is when you start, definitely keep it simple. Yes. Um, I don't keep it simple. That's why things kind of fail somewhere in the chain. But um, you you enjoy that. I think we both are a, bit, a little bit like this. I, we, we tend to overcomplicate things and we have fun with it and things will break. But if you're the kind of person that's not so technical, then do not mess around with things like multicasting, at least at the start. Just keep it simple, as Mike says, definitely. The next question I was going to ask was, what is your current setup? But just as a precursor to that, what what did when you first started live streaming, what was your setup then? And then how did it progress into what you've got today? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, yeah, I guess I, I started live streaming on, on Google Hangouts and I had basically a, a microphone audio interface and went live um, and that, that was fine. And other people came in with their audio and they had different quality of audio. But my most memorable live stream was not 2012 on Google Plus and Google Hangouts no longer exists. I really remember streaming on Periscope uh, using my phone. So really, you know, Periscope is the first thing that I remember to my memory that you can actually just grab a phone and do quite a nice live stream. So you can keep it as simple as that, of just whipping out an app like Periscope, clicking go live. Uh, most of the phones now, the latest iPhone, the, the Pixel from Google, they all have good microphones, good audio. If you want to take it up a level, you can get something like the Rode Smart Lav Plus, plug that in, clip it to yourself, and away you go with quality audio. Um, but I used to do that. And I uh, back in 2015, I, I just used to uh, like wake up at like, sunrise at five or four thirty in the morning, drive to different spots on the Isle of Wight and just go live. And because Periscope was so new, sometimes I get like two or three hundred viewers uh, per live stream. And I was like, this is amazing. But of course, it didn't last. But uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun <laughs> while it lasted. So so that's how you started. And I think that's a great place to start for, for people on live, live streaming. Just start on your phone. It's so much easier. You can get a, a microphone like the Smart Lab Plus. But then Obviously, you then progressed over to, to using your computer and building your studio over time. How did that develop? And can you tell us a little bit about your setup now? Yeah. So, yeah, it has developed over time. It's just a case of getting more gear and trying more things. Uh, you know, as an audio fiend, I just love to test gear out and try things and see what will sound good in my chain. Plus, my background is in radio. So I used to be on the radio. So I love playing with processing and making audio sound good. Building up to today, it's something that I'm currently journaling on my YouTube channel. Started with the, the repainting of the studio. So you like if you like this nice background here, that was my handiwork. That was the forest green uh, that we use as part of our rebrand of our logo. But as part of that, we also got a brand new desk in here. Going to be releasing a video about that soon. This desk actually costs $3,000. Uh, but it's, a, it's an amazing desk because you get rack units in it. And uh, so you can have all that stuff in. And I, I've got a whole video that I'm putting together at the moment of putting it together. It's, it's quite the thing to put together, though. Oh, uh, wow. So you, no, yeah, no. you must let us know the link to that video so I can put it in the show notes because I've yeah. seen your, I've seen the desk and obviously, you know, we can't see your desk, but you, there are loads of videos and images of this. And can you just describe it to us? How, how does it work? So it's a beast. Uh, it's from a company called Zaor, Z-A-O-R. I have no affiliation with them, but they make a series of different studio desks. Some of them are uh, really basic, like, you know, they're in the few hundred dollar range, right the way up to like a music or audio producer's desk where you can have like 12 racks slotted in. You've got a pullout drawer here where you can have a mixer and a keyboard on and things like that. You can also have all your screens around you and stuff. And I like a uh, I like a triple screen. You can have a, a dual screen, whatever you prefer. But it's really cool, and you can see everything in front of you, kind of like a mission control, or you know, the uh, everything is just there. And I, I had a rack custom designed to fit two stream decks. So right in front of me here, when I go live, I can push buttons and change camera angles. It's really, really cool. It is. I'm, I'm trying not to be too jealous, but you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's, I'm a big believer in bootstrapping your live video studio over time. 
you do not need what Mike's got to go live, yeah. but it's pretty cool. It's got, and I think we can get some inspiration from each other. I'm sure you've got inspiration from other people out there. So as well as you got the stream decks, you've got the triple monitors. Tell us in terms of how you live stream and also a little bit more about your audio setup as well. Yeah, so that's a great question. I have a bunch of different gear here. Most importantly for audio, I use Soundcraft mixers, love Soundcraft, have done for years and years. I currently have the Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK, which is a multi-track desk, meaning you can feed multiple outputs and faders to different things and different areas. So that's really cool if you want to go advanced. Um, but anything like a Soundcraft notepad uh, down in the 100 or $150 range will get you started. I feed all of the audio out from my desk into a Focusrite Scarlett 2i2, which is plugged into my streaming PC, uh, which runs Wirecast. And in the back of that PC, I've got a ton of Elgato cam links and Elgato streaming cards uh, with HDMI in, so for HDMI capture. And we have two camcorders. We have a mirrorless M50 camera for Isabella, who's my co-host. Uh, we've got some Logitech Brios, and they all feed into the streaming PC, and I can switch them inside one. Wirecast. Uh, but of course, it doesn't have to be Wirecast, as I know you talk about. OBS is pretty good. Things like vMix. Uh, there are so many options out there. I know. And I, I, you've used quite a few different things. I know at one point you were using OBS Studio and you were yeah. you were doing multicasting and all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to just unpick for, for those listeners and viewers who maybe weren't familiar with all of those things you were mentioning. You mentioned the Scarlet box. Do you want to explain what that is and, and why people might want it? Yeah, so Scarlett is an audio interface. Uh, the 2i2 is probably the most common audio interface from a company called Focusrite. They are well known for making really high-end gear to take an analog audio signal and can convert it into something that your PC can, can use to record or stream with. So for instance, the 2i2 I've used for ages uh, since it was the first gen, the second gen. Now it's in its third generation with a really clean front and a USB-C connector. And uh, yeah, it just works a dream. It's about $150, something like that. And what it does is it takes like um, XLR leads, which are those audio leads. You can plug them into the front and then it converts them into a digital signal that then comes out via a USB cable into your computer. And then you can do what you like with it inside the computer. Love that. That's really, really cool information. We love the tech. Uh, I've just noticed some of the comments coming through on, the, I think it's probably on yours on Facebook. So these are all the ones I've missed out. Sorry, guys, if you've been uh, leaving messages. We've got Michael, who's saying uh, I'm wearing my MRC, my Music Radio Creative hoodie. Also, Paul Orr asks, what, what cameras are you using now? I'm actually using the Logitech Brio, the Stream Edition, which is a slightly cheaper version, although I think it's pretty much the same. And yeah. until recently, I couldn't get it working properly on my Mac. But just a bit of a tip, if you uh, have installed the G-Hub app, uninstall it because it doesn't work properly. Um, so, and I've got, managed to get it working properly. How about you? What camera are you using? Yeah, I'm using the same Logitech Brio Stream Edition. It's really, really good. But judging by your picture, your picture to me seems a lot better than mine. It seems sharper. Also, you've got your white balance looking nice. For me, I'm looking a bit orange here. So I know orange is kind of an in thing at times. Uh, maybe. maybe <laughs> well, I, I, I had this problem, yes, uh, not yesterday, just a couple of days ago. If you look at episode 18, I'm bright red. It looks like I'm blushing oh. all the way through. And that's when I was using the G-Hub app and the white balance goes all weird. So I don't know whether, yeah, just it's, it's playing around yeah. with it. And we can't be experts at everything. So I think lighting is one of the things that I sometimes struggle with. I, would you say lighting is one of the things that you is maybe your weaker thing? Definitely it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm constantly playing with it. Definitely since we've set up the new studio, I, I'm feeling happier with it. But yeah, yeah white balance uh, and things like that. I now have uh, a key light, I think what's called a fill light over there. And then I've actually got a backlight behind me. So like, and that actually makes the wall behind me look really good. Because if I switch it off, switch it off and the wall doesn't look as exciting. Yeah, and it just gives that kind of pops the wall out. That's and true. The background. So, so for so for yeah. listeners to the podcast, when Mike switched that off, this this well, when he has it on, it's almost like this halo. Uh, not 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 a kind of a in a green screen halo, which we don't want, but it's a really nice light that kind of emanates behind, which is great. Playing around with those things. What was the other question? So yes, what mics are you using? I think someone. Yeah, else? that was it. I can't remember who asked that. But it's somewhere. So yeah, microphone. So I'm using. So I'm using the Heil PR40. Ah, uh, but I have to say, I was using 
I was using the, what's it called again? The Blue Yeti microphone yeah. for, for quite a while, which has a bit of bad press. I'd, I'd like to talk to you about that, about because I think one of the problems with it is that people put the gain too high up and it picks mm -hmm. up everything. But before we talk about that, how about you? What, what microphone do you use? Yeah, so I've used the Heil PR40. It's a, it's a great mic, especially for podcasting right now because I really like condenser mics and the studio here is starting to get a little bit better so we can use sort of a, a higher end mic, I guess. This is the AKG C414 XL2 and I just really like it. It's got different polar patterns on so you can select what you like. I think I'm in between cardioid and super cardioid. Uh, so kind of very narrow focus on my voice here. If I go off mic, you can't hear me very well. Uh, so it's it's just the perfect blend. And it's, um, yeah, I really like it. That's cool. Could you just explain the difference? You, you mentioned cardioid. What are those different settings? Is this something that we should be thinking about when getting microphones? Really good question. And yes, and that kind of leads on nicely to the Blue Yeti as well. And I think you were going to ask my opinion on that. So people are very polarized on the Blue Yeti. Some people are like, it's great. It's a reasonably priced mic. It works nicely. And other people will say, no, it's, it's cheap. It's USB. It sounds horrible. But that also has those polar pattern settings on it. And if you don't set those up correctly, it will not make you sound as good as you possibly could. So yeah, you, you've got like the same as this AKG mic. I've got omnidirectional which is usually default, the same with the Blue Yeti. Omnidirectional means the microphone is going to pick up audio from all around it, right? So if you've got a really big echoey room and you have your microphone in omnidirectional, you're going to be echoing around like a, like a beast when you're talking into that microphone. You want to really be on cardioid, which is the heart shape in front of you, or super cardioid, or even if you can get a mic that will do it, like the SE Electronics V7 microphone. Really like that microphone, just $99. Great mic for the price. XLR connector, and that has hypercardioid. So for those podcasters that have real problems with noise and room reflections, get yourself an SEV7. It's hypercardioid. It will literally pick you up like a line. It's, it's, it's awesome. Wow. As, mm. That is not USB, am I right? It's XLR, but so, it's, uh, it's got a nice sound to it. It's very hmm. crisp, very bright, very good for the price range and what it is. It's actually originally designed as a handheld kind of stage cool. mic. Um, but I think it's great for podcasters who have audio problems. So if you want to keep things simple, you're just starting off and you want to get a nice microphone that just plugs directly into the computer, because obviously with these XLR microphones, you you either need a like a mixer or an audio interface. Would you, would you recommend just getting an audio interface or would you say, is there a decent USB mic or is, is that a, a really horrible thing to ask an audio <laughs> production guy? <laughs> I'm always going to recommend XR connected mics. I'm going to recommend that you buy yourself uh, an audio interface that allows you to plug XLR into your computer via USB. Uh, so you kind of got that, that middleman going between the microphone and your computer. Uh, whereas if you buy a USB microphone, it's doing both those things. Yeah. It's being a microphone and your audio interface, you know, analog to digital converter. So really, I'm always going to say go for XLR. You can get really reasonably priced XLRs and good quality for the price as well, mm. uh, like the SEV7. Um, even Blue make an XLR mic. They they cottoned on to this kind of like, we need a really good budget XLR mic. And they came out with the Blue Ember, which I've tested and for the price, it's awesome. So there are good, well-priced XLR mics uh, from companies like Blue, SE, even AKG uh, make the P120 and the P420 in that price range, which are really good. And then you just spend like, you know, another 150 bucks or whatever on the audio interface, good quality one like Focusrite or Soundcraft and plug plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there is a little bit of an investment here. I mean, I Mike might disagree with me here. I would, you know, don't let this stop you from just getting on with live streaming. If, if you do have a, if you've only got like 50 to 80, $80 or pounds, then by all means get a USB mic. But mm. if you want to get that better quality, absolutely agree with you, Mike, just get it, get an XLR microphone and something like the, the Scarlett, the Focusrite um, interface. It is a bit more money, but I think that's a good investment for the future. And it's not just going to help you with live streaming. It's going to also help you with uh, podcasting and all this other kind of cool stuff too, which is great. So we, we've got a, a technical question, uh, which I, I'm sorry, Martin, but you asked this before, but I wanted to leave it until a little bit later because it's more of a technical question. I think it comes in quite well here. So this is putting you on the stop. I don't know if you can see this on the screen, but he says he's got a Yamaha 
MGX10 USB mixer and a Rode NTA, N, I can't even speak, NT1A mic. I use it for live streaming on Facebook and YouTube. I always think the sound is not so good. Any recommendations on the settings of the mixer? That might be a bit tricky without actually hearing it, but have you have you got any kind of thoughts on mixer settings in, in terms of getting a decent audio? Okay, that's a really cool question. As you were giving that question, I was actually pulling up an image of the uh, Yamaha uh, mixer in question so I can see what kind of dials are on it. So the issue uh, with the uh, person asking the question is that they don't sound as good as they feel they could. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So a few things you can do here. First of all, make sure your levels are good. I can see on this particular mixer you recommend, you've got level meters over to the right. Uh, so make sure they're just flicking, obviously the green, you kind of probably want to be going just tickling into the yellow, definitely not into the red. So first of all, get your levels set really nicely on that mixer. And you can do that. Obviously you've got the level control right at the bottom to turn the microphone up and down in volume but then you've also got the gain control right at the very top and this is the same for most mixers by the way uh, so you want to turn your level all the way up or to the zero point uh, and then when you've got it there then you want to twist the gain until you get those level meters kind of tickling yellow so you want to just tickle yellow but get nowhere near red so you've got a nice solid level when the you know the channel is fully open or on as it were once you've done that on this particular desk and others like uh, soundcraft desks and, and things like that you you actually get EQ and I can see on the Yamaha you get HF high frequencies trebles you get MF mid frequencies that's the kind of thing that makes you sound like you're on the phone if you turn it up really loud and then you've got LF which is again low frequencies and bass so you want to have a play with these usually what I do is I, I turn the treble up quite a bit I'll put on quite a bit of treble because it just increases the crispness and the clarity in your voice but if you turn it up too much it makes you sound all thin and wispy like you're about to disappear and then <laughs> with the mid range usually with mid I actually crank a bit of that off i kind of take that out um one of the best things about my desk is not only do i have mid-range but underneath that i have another dial that selects the mid frequency so i can actually choose i can say oh this this frequency in my voice sounds pretty terrible for me find that frequency and and just pull a little bit out so you get that nice clear and present voice and then with bass or lf i'll just put a little bit on but again you don't want to go overboard and sound like you know public radio announcer so you can do all of that on the desk. And then the other thing I'd recommend is um, grab yourself a really good mic preamp and processor. Like the one I use and recommend is the DBX286S. And you can do all of that and more. You can do stuff like noise gating. You can do compression on there. And that's probably the one biggest thing I could recommend. But obviously, start with the Yamaha and then, you know, spend a bit of money uh, next if you want to kind of level it up, as it were. That's awesome. As you can see... Mike knows his stuff. And I highly recommend the DBX286 because um, that does an amazing job make, making you sound better and it can save so much time. It isn't yeah. for the faint hearted though. I mean, you need to uh, help me a little bit in my setup, but you've got an amazing video that goes through all of this. So if you just search for yeah. Mike Russell DBX286S, uh, that was so helpful to me. And I also want to make a, a, do a, a bit of a plug for your a Friday show on YouTube. Is it every week the free jing jingles Friday? Yes. Is that right? Every it's week. Awesome. It's so okay. good. And if you want to see Mike do a, a live edit on on an audio jingle, that's what you need to do. It's it's absolutely amazing. So uh, thank you for that. So another question before we come on go, go on to my next sponsor, which is what advice would you give to somebody just starting to build their live video studio? Just starting to build? Oh, wow. Okay. What advice would I give? Do your research. So ask for recommendations when you're thinking of getting gear into your studio. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest mistakes I, I still make. I'll, I'll buy some gear and I think, oh, doesn't quite do what I wanted it to do. And then I'll talk to someone who knows and they're like, well, you should use this. And it's, it's the same even with software. You know, I'll be, you know, struggling to find software to manage my social media. And I'll be like, oh, this is terrible. And it doesn't do this. And then I talk to someone like you and you say, well, you should just be using this. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of that epiphany moment when you speak to someone who knows what they're talking about. And you're like, this, this solves all my problems. So rather than, you know, worry about your sound and go out and buy a load of different things and, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know, cloud lifters or whatever, because your volume is too low. Talk to someone, ask an opinion and then go and go and get that. So definitely ask for an opinion, uh, read reviews as well and, and verify those reviews. So don't just trust the fact that it's got like 95, four and a half star reviews on Amazon, that it's going to be good. Check, cross check. I like to do this when I'm buying gear, not just look at the Amazon reviews, 
but certainly in audio, there's a great site. I think it's based out of Germany called Tholman.de or something like that. They just stock like everything that's audio. And I'll go to them as well and I'll verify, is this a bit good bit of audio gear? Because you have more kind of audio type people on that site. So you can see, okay, the, you know, DBX286S, it has, uh, you know, uh, 11 good reviews on Amazon UK. Uh, but look at this, you know, 96 people think it's great on Tholman.de. So then you got to kind of cross check it because... We know how sometimes that, you know, things can have good reviews and not always be that great. You know, things can be manipulated. Don't want to go too, too heavily into that and, you know, point any fingers because it's, it's a hard thing to, to maintain having, you know, good and honest reviews, but uh, things are not always what they seem. So I know. Check, check and ask opinions. <laughs> it's a scary world out there. We've got to be careful. So uh, it's time for the next sponsor, which is, of course, Ecom Live, which is what I use every week to stream this show. And it's actually, it's my top recommendation live video streaming tool for Mac users because it's a standalone app that makes the full power of your Mac computer. So a lot of live video software out there is devised for Mac and PC. And so one of the things about Ecom Live is it's specifically designed for the Mac. And it really does help you level up your impact and authority using confident live video. One of the reasons I love it is because it has this real easy to use feel, yet it is really powerful. You've got loads of powerful features like being able to bring in lots of guests onto the show, highlighting comments on the screen, the ability to save videos for later in a really good quality. It integrates with Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, Restream. And of course, if you want to be really fancy, it has loads of powerful features like NDI, virtual webcams, green screen, and more. So if you want to find out more about Ecamm Live, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash Ecamm Live. That's iag.me forward slash E-C-A-M-M-L-I-V-E. I want to ask this question because, as I said at the beginning, loads of people get overly excited by the video in live video, probably because live video has the word video in it. But do you, this is such a silly question to ask you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Does audio matter more than video in live video? I think audio is important to kind of hook people in. If you have good audio, people will stick around generally. I wish I could reference something like a study to say, yes, there is a study. I did hear somewhere that YouTube did some investigation into this and found that people with good audio retained uh, viewers and for longer. But I, I can't cross-reference that. Unfortunately, that's kind of hearsay. But in my mind, if you have good audio straight away out of the bat, you're professional. You can go live with, you yeah. know, an iPhone camera or, you know, a anything that's kicking about a webcam. And if you have good audio, it's just going to raise the bar a little bit. So yeah, obviously, uh, being an audio guy, you know, I'm definitely going to say that audio is important. <laughs> well, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I've I've watched live streams where the video quality is not the great, but the audio has been fine. And the flip side, I've seen uh, live, live streams where the video is great, but the audio is awful. There's like a hum in the background and loads Absolutely. of background noise. And it's just, to be honest, unbearable. I, I actually find myself switching off. And yeah. so I, I think the, the audio quality is, is really important. But I suppose the question is, you know, if your audio is okay, what are the advantages in making it, making it really great? So this, this follows yeah. on to my next question for you, which is how do you improve the sound of our voices? First of all, from a non-technical perspective, have you got any thoughts on how you, you should be projecting your voice or using your voice? I've met you in real life. <laughs> Lots in of real life. <laughs> in, in uh, quite a few times. And you just seem to have this amazingly resonant voice and without the microphone. So this is, it's not just the microphone and, and Mike's audio settings that are making Mike sound great. Mike sounds great anyway. Have you got any <laughs> tips on that? So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely things you can do uh, to project your voice, to learn to project it. Well, one of the... I should probably get some voice coaching, but one of the things I, I hear a lot from voice artists is like, don't speak from here, you know, and that can often come on. You can speak from here if you get like anxious, anxiety or whatever. Try and speak from down here in your tummy. Uh, and so that's a, a good start, speaking from the belly, from the tummy. Another thing I was always told to do in radio is is stand up, which I'm not doing now. I should grab my mic, and but then you wouldn't see my head. And I should stand up because that can be the difference between a really well-delivered read or show and something that's kind of mediocre. I always advise like, 
voice artists that we work with, you know, stand up when you're delivering your liners. Uh, you know, if you're doing a, an advert or an audio book or whatever it is, stand up, do not sit down. Uh, you'll put more energy into it. And then there are those weird like warm up exercises you can do. Like one of them, again, I, I hear this from voiceover artists. These are not my own ideas. Uh, I'm just repeating stuff that I've heard from really great people who do good work. Uh, and one of the things you can do is you can go, ah, ah. Ah, before you go live. Another thing you can do is you can sing A-E-I-O-U. I can't sing. You could probably, yeah, as a singer yourself, Ian, you could do justice to that. So you go A-E-I-O-U, sing the vowels. Go on, say, go, give us a blast of your great Well, singing. so I, I tend to <laughs> do the Italian vowels. So so the great thing about that is there are no diphthongs in this. So A-I-O, it changes. So the Italian vowels are more pure, which I think really helps here. So A-I-O-U, so A-I-O-U. And you can make it into a, like a... You don't need to be a singer, but just changing the pitch in your voice can really help. So, it helps you get that kind of dynamic range. It helps you really kind of get those vowel sounds and also helps you thinking about your breathing as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely right. You just, uh, breathing is like super important. And sometimes you know, we're all, hopefully we're all going to breathe all the time. Otherwise we wouldn't be alive. But it's important to remember when you're live and you're in that high stress environment, you go live for the first time. Remember to breathe, remember to center yourself and, and bring yourself back to, hey, it's okay. I'm here. It's good. This is happening now. And, you know, you're doing this for a reason, right? And just remember that breath. I think you've, you've hit on a great point there, Ian, with breath and breathing. Yeah. Yeah, we forget to breathe. And I, I think as as we grow up, we for, we forget how to breathe, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really breathing down in our belly, you know, using our diaphragm. There's a whole episode about this. I can't remember when it is. It's around episode five or six. I'll put it in the show notes. And uh, it's all about how to warm up your voice as well. But I was just yeah. really interested from your point of view because you- and drink water. Yes, hydrate. Hydrate, <laughs> hydrate yourself. So that's from a non-technical point of view. But how- do you say, how do you get your live streams to sound awesome from a more technical point of view? What would you say are the things that we need to think about? We've talked about a microphone, we've talked about audio interfaces, and we've talked about the DBX286S. Mm-hmm. You know, do we do we need to kind of put all of those things in there? Is there, are there any other considerations that we should be thinking about to really raise the quality of our live streams and make us sound awesome? And also our guests sound awesome too. Definitely. It's a really good question. So going back a little bit to what you were saying about, you know, you can get started with just, you know, your iPhone or your Android phone and the mic on that can be pretty good. Uh, level it up with a Rode SmartLav Plus, which is just a lav that plugs into your phone. Can I would certainly if you're outside, I put it underneath your clothes rather than outside so you don't get the wind noise. If you're taking it a step further and you're streaming maybe with a camera and um, a shotgun mic, uh, I was just looking around to see if I've got one, uh, but they're kind of the long, thin, they, they look like a shotgun and they're very directional. Um, one of the common things I hear is probably too much with live streams. People are doing live streams from out and about and it's super windy and they don't realize it because they can't hear, but the wind is basically doing this to their stream. It's going... <laughs> And you can hardly hear anything else. So it's like if you've got the ability to like throw over, you know, a, a, a dead cat or, you know, one of those socks over the Not mic, a real to, dead cat, just to <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> you know, one of those big fluffy yeah. gray things. So, yeah, stick, stick that over your mic. Uh, that will make a world of difference if you're outdoors. And if you're indoors and in a fixed location, yeah, start looking into equipment. Audio interface is good. DBX286S on your microphone will definitely enhance your sound and make you sound better. And if you want to take it further up another level and something I use on the live streams that I do, I run the whole output, not just the microphone, but every microphone going through the desk, plus music and sound effects and any guest that's coming in, like you mentioned guests as well, through another hardware compressor called the DBX166XS. That's an overall compressor. It stops things peaking. It also crushes things down a bit. So the stream is a consistent level because that's the problem you get with live streams as opposed to produced videos on YouTube or wherever else where someone's been in Premiere Pro, they've run a few settings over, it's all very smooth and nice. Live stream, it's harder to do that. So you need something to do that because otherwise you get someone shouting really loud and it deafens the listener and then someone's really quiet and they have to turn the stream up. So an overall compressor will sort that out. And going into what you were saying about guests, you know, try and help your guests to sound as good as possible 
It's not always easy, but certainly try and level them up from using the, definitely please try and get them away from using the computer's internal mic. Uh, You know, even just throwing on a headset, a cheap headset uh, will be better than than nothing. But yeah, if you can, I know... um, some podcasters will actually, uh, like I think John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur on Fire, he will actually either recommend or send out like a very cheap microphone to, you know, some of the guests, particularly if you're getting a really high profile guest, but they don't have good audio. That's the worst thing. You get. There's a really good name on your show, but they haven't got good audio. It might make sense to, you know, spend a bit of budget and send them yeah. out like and they'll probably be grateful as well so that's a great tip i like that i like that uh, we've got al andrew here who says a high pass filter on your microphone also helps yes absolutely so, uh, yeah. is that something on the uh, is that on the dbx 286 uh, there is a high pass filter on the DBX 286S. It's uh, probably should talk about what that is so mm. yes your your high pass filter is essentially rolling off the bass frequencies from your voice the, the but not the bass frequencies that are in your voice, the bass frequencies that aren't inside a human voice. So things like can reduce wind rumble, it can reduce road noise, it can reduce just basic hum if you're in a room or anything like that. So it's kind of a good idea to put that on in some situations, not necessarily all, um, but certainly if you feel like you need a bit of improvement with your audio, high pass will just roll off those kind of dead rumbly frequencies. Mm. DBX has an 80 hertz high pass filter, this one I'm using has high pass filter on the back. You can switch it on. Plus you can run it in post in things like Adobe Audition and uh, really tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously for a live stream, you can't, you, you, you want to do everything live. So getting, yeah. getting a, like a hardware box like that is going to help, which is, which is great. Yeah. Just yeah. one more question. We're, we're kind of way over time, but uh, I, one of the things I love about what you do in, in your show is you have a bit of fun. You add some like a reverb effects and it's some music. If people want to do that, I mean, we'll probably leave the whole thing about copyrights and music to another time, because if you're using music, make sure that it is royalty free and or that you have the rights for that, because it could actually mean that your Facebook listens in, actually, or YouTube will listen in and will actually cut your stream. So be careful about that. But putting that to one side, have you got any tips in terms of how you can bring in music, maybe at the beginning or while you're speaking, underneath you speaking, and any kind of effects? Is that the kind of thing that uh, you would recommend people play with? Absolutely. Yeah, highly recommend. And if you've got something a little more than an audio interface, so Scarlett 2i2 is just good for getting your mic audio into the computer uh, to live stream. Um, But if you can get yourself a mixer, like I use, as I mentioned earlier, Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK, but the Soundcraft Notepad 5 or 8 FX will do really great for allowing you to mix in different channels. So for instance, uh, what I have here, and you can have this on a much simpler desk, let me just pull it out and show it to the camera for you. I have got an iPad. Let me open it up so I can actually show you the app I'm using. I've got an iPad here with iJingle on it. It's an app called iJingle. And I can do things. And don't worry, I'm not going to get you for copyright here because these are our own jingles. But I can play this. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, Hang on. need to find the right channel and play it. Can you hear that? Yes. Okay, so I'm now playing a jingle from my iPad, which is plugged into my mixer. So you can mix that in using the iPad, that kind of thing. Um, Also, if you get uh, all Soundcraft desks tend to come uh, with an FX return with reverb and echo. So you can do things like this and have fun with reverb. And hopefully that was coming out on the stream as well. It was. It was great. You can do all that kind of stuff. Um, That's That comes with... um, I like to call them mixing desks, but I understand you get lost in translation across the pond and people term mixing desks in the US as kind of like desks that you do the cooking on. Uh, so I think it's a mixing console to be universal. Oh, okay, okay. Mixing console. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we cleared that up. That's that's really cool. And yeah, so so basically, a mixer like the Soundcraft mixers can do it. The uh, what was yeah. it called? I was it I Jingle? Uh, I Jingle app. Yeah, from yeah. Camel Web Creations. That's cool. Uh, I think it's iOS only. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you'll find something on Android. I think there is on Android, and and also the the Stream Deck uh, probably doesn't do quite as good a job. But I don't know whether <laughs> this is going to work, but. Now you probably couldn't hear that, Mike, no. because I've I've not. I, one of the next things that I'm going to be trying to do is routing the audio what I hear through, so my guest can hear that. But if you heard that on the stream or on the on the podcast, let me know. Uh, so yeah, you can actually some of the the buttons on the stream deck you can assign uh, an audio track. Uh, although that's that's going to be on your computer, not 
through the mixer. So it depends on your setup, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Exactly. And yeah, like you say, the Stream Deck can be used as a soundboard in the configuration uh, app that you install on your computer. There is actually a soundboard option. You can search for it, drag it in, and then choose a, a media file, MP3 file, WAV file, and then it's constantly like tethered to that key. So every time you hit the key, it's going to play that sound effect. Mm. You can also put music beds on there as well, trigger them off from the Stream Deck. Uh, that Stream Deck, it can just do so much. I know. Like, every time I fire up, there's a new update. It's like, now you can control Philips Hue lights. Now you I can know. see how fast your CPU is going. It's, it's like, wow. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I we had a lightning strike and it, it um, broke our, <laughs> our, our, our smart uh, plugs in the, in the house. Oh, so, no. But I did have it so that I could switch the, the lights on and everything. But uh, anyway, the, these things happen. We've gone way over time, but I just, uh, it was so good to have you on, Mike. We've got, we'll probably have to have you on again fairly soon because there's so many other questions I wanted to ask you but thank you so much for being on the show how can people find out more about you and is there anything you're working on that you'd like to tell people about oh thanks Ian well yeah no it's been a pleasure to be here and I'd love to do a deep dive on you know music at some point or creating music and sound effects and all that cool stuff but for anyone who would like to check me out best place to go is youtube.com forward slash music radio creative be wonderful if you could hit the subscribe and bell as well like uh, you mentioned in the show we do a live stream every friday where we make free jingles and i actually do the production in real time so if that's your thing if you want to see how it all works tune into that but otherwise on the channel i'm releasing you know a couple of videos every week and it could be anything from like this new bit of audio kit I wanted to test out to how do you achieve this effect? Or sometimes I'm trying to get more vlogging on there as well. So I'll probably do a few things. I'm traveling next month. So I might whip out the camera and, you know, do a few like Casey Neistat style videos, although not obviously as good as the the legend himself, but uh, aspiring to be. Aspiring, yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool. Definitely check out Mike's channel. Definitely check out the Free Jingle Friday. It's, it's absolutely awesome. It's been great to have you on the show, Mike. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on again. But until next time, I hope that you can level up your impact, authority, and profits using the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. When you press that record button, what do you think? Absolutely. Or I, if you're working in an old radio studio, I'd prefer to have an on-air lever like that. We're going oh, like smash good. nice. We're going live, great mates. <laughs> that is great. Do you know what? I, th I think somebody should come up with a lever that yeah. a USB powered lever that, that works with Adobe Audition. What do you reckon? I think it would be fantastic. You know, one of the big, um, what is it, smart home, The is it Vibaro or something? They make these big red like panic buttons and you can just hit the big red button and go live, you know. I love that. We need, we need to make it happen. Let's do it. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. Just hit the big red button and go live. On air lever, like on air lever. Like. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. Just hit the big red button and go live. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. We need to make it happen. Let's do it. Just hit the big red button and go live.